It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 3rd, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, Mike, the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Happy Election Day to everyone here in the United States, all my United States listeners. Make sure, if you haven't done so already, to vote. Go out to the polls. Check your local supervisor of elections office for your precinct information. Uh, get at, get off the bench, get into the game, and vote, as the Orlando Magic would tell you. Uh, make sure your voice is heard and you are partic- you are a participant in our democracy, especially here in the state of Florida. Uh, voting will have a major say in the outcome of things. But even if you're not in Florida, even if you're in a state that is not a swing state, there are important local issues and local elections and state elections on your ballot, so make sure you go out to the polls and vote if you have not done so already. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, Jonathan Isaac gives us an update on his recovery and how his faith and, and, and his perseverance are helping him go step-by-step step on his return to the court, which probably won't be this year, but he is still making progress nonetheless. And then we'll talk a little bit about a, an interesting prospect in the NBA draft, uh, Theo Maladon. We'll talk a little bit about him, what he could bring to the table, and what he probably does not bring to the table uh, for the Orlando Magic. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter what team you want the lowdown on, even if it's in the NFL, like the Bucks, you can check. You can find a Locked On podcast for you, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too. There is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. It has been almost three months since Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL. Three months. It feels like it's been forever. Doesn't feel like a short time, but it doesn't feel like a long time either. Isaac is well on the road to his recovery after tearing his ACL inside the NBA campus. He said, he told the media today that he is now off crutches. He is now walking. He is doing lots of work on his own um, and, and inside the Amway Center under the watchful eye of the Magic's medical staff, of course. And things seem to be progressing well. Things seem to be moving along at a solid pace, although Isaac you know, would not obviously put a return date on himself or put pressure on him to return by a certain date. Um, he certainly you know, would love to play this season, but I don't think he believes that that is something the team's going to allow him to do, or, and he's happy to follow his doctors on that. Uh, on top of that, um, you know, Isaac, Isaac said that his doctors seem to believe that he is progressing very, very, very nicely. Uh, and, you know, Isaac said, you know, he didn't have to relearn how to walk. You know, he's, he just kind of gradually got to a point where he no longer needed crutches. And, and now he's he's walking around uh, with a brace on. Um, 
obviously that injury itself was was a devastating moment. Um, you know, Isaac put in a ton of work to get back onto the court um, in time for the NBA to return after the posterior lateral corner injury he suffered in January. That that likely would have ended his season. And so to get have to do all that work and to get himself back onto the floor was a sign of of his dedication and and, and everything else. Isaac though was never really satisfied with that. Um, he was never really satisfied with that. He believed that he was back in better than ever, that he was playing his best basketball. And it is this approach that... it's It, it was this approach that, that has Isaac feeling so positive. Isaac is a naturally positive guy. He's obviously very grounded in his faith. Uh, and, and while there were moments in the immediate aftermath of the injury where he questioned his faith a little bit and questioned why he was having to go through another major injury where, you know, another year was going to be taken from him, essentially, from his career, from the from the thing that he loves to do. But he was assured by people around him, whether it was, you know, players from his, his team, his teammates, players from the opposing team. He said on the Orlando Magic Pod Squad last week that Jabari Parker who's torn both ACLs, talked to him, you know, kind of in the immediate aftermath before he left the arena that night against the Sacramento Kings. And even with his pastor, that nothing would be put in his path that he couldn't overcome and become better by. And that's the approach Isaac seems to be taking to this injury. That this is just an obstacle to overcome and it's going to make him better in the long run. I absolutely felt like I was playing my best basketball. I felt like I was playing great. Um, but really, it's, it's, a, it's a mind thing. You know, they say sports is 90% mental, 10% physical, whatever percentage you want to you give it. Um, but it's more mental than physical. So my mind is still there in terms of how I was playing. My body just has to catch up now with this recent injury. So I'm, I'll get better. I'll get back on the court. But, um, you know, I'll be expecting and, and knowing that I'm going to play better than I did when I left because my mind is continuing to get better. Um off of it. That's what it's been my, you know, my entire career so far. I, I have been out for quite a bit of time um, battling these, the, you know, these, these injuries. But every time I've come back, I've come back better. Um, you know, not just because my, my body has gotten better, but because my mind is in, a, is in a better place. It is true. If anyone is well-equipped to handle the potential pitfalls and, and, and trials of an injury, it's Jonathan Isaac because he, he has been out for long, extended periods of time. From the 50 games that he missed um, in his rookie season with the ankle injury that just didn't seem to recover right or, or the way the Magic wanted him to recover from it to the posterior lateral corner injury that he suffered earlier this year and now, obviously, the ACL injury that will keep him out for the entire 2021 season. Isaac has been through a lot. And he is right, too. Every single time he's come back better. Every time he's come back a little bit sharper. When he, when he came back from... The ankle injuries rookie year, he looked very comfortable defensively. You could tell, you know, you could tell he's still a rookie making mistakes, but he was where he needed to be and showed flashes of the potential that everyone understood that he had. When he came back from the knee injury this year, he played two of his best games of the season uh, against the the Denver Nuggets, against the the New Brooklyn Nets, against the the Sacramento Kings. He was playing very very well and. Didn't look like he missed a ton of beats. Maybe a little rusty here and there, but definitely looked as sharp as ever. Jonathan Isaac, no one will question his work ethic. No one will question that he will do everything he needs to do to 
to, to get back on the court, to give himself an opportunity to impact and play well for his team. He wants to do that. No one will question that. But the question is whether his body will respond, whether his body will hold up, whether he can truly build and improve while he's out on the shelf. It's, you know, it, I, I, am, I, I will admit I am not a religious person at all. And, and, and you know, frankly, sometimes, the relig- sometimes people who are this, are, are this overtly religion, religious can be a little bit off-putting for me. But you got you to gotta admire him for his faith and, and, and for his belief in himself and his trust that everything will work out okay. The positivity and, and, and the, 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 the positive outlook that he has is something that the team felt even the day he left the bubble. You know, I, I remember Jeff Waltman saying that Isaac was the one picking up his spirits after the injury. That, you know, Isaac went from a, a moment that was a, a complete low and spun it into a positive and spun it into a way to try and lift up the spirits of those around him, to tell them, I'm going to be okay. Have, have faith in me because, you know, I have faith in myself and, you know, at least he believes God has faith in him. And that gives him power and that gives him energy and that gives him a, 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 a great outlook on life. Now, obviously, you know, faith is a very powerful tool. It can be a very powerful motivator. And, you know, for Jonathan Isaac, he turns that faith into action. And, and honestly, that is as, as admirable as anything. This isn't a guy that just expects things to come to him. He puts in the work. He uses his, his, his platform. He uses his, his influence. He uses his opportunity to put in the work and make, his, make himself better and make people around him better. You know, he is an ordained minister. He is... Someone who is spreading light to a lot of people. Um, he will be, uh, he, he, through his Church Jump Ministries, he will be hosting a, a, a walk in downtown Orlando this Saturday. Uh, around they'll, they'll, The walk starts at 6 o'clock. They'll start handing out uh, materials at 5. Um, that's really just about, you know, for him at least, spreading prayer and, and spreading the gospel as a way to cure society's ills. And, and, and he, he, you know, you know, as you know, sometimes as, as the, cynic, the, cynic, the cynics of us would say that that's a naive way to resolve issues. But at the same time, you know, in Isaac's personal life, you could see where, you know, faith gives him the strength and the power to take that next step, to take that important step, to, to, to get back on the horse and keep working and put yourself in a position to take advantage of the gifts you've been given and the opportunities you've you've been given, and again, I, I I do admire you know especially for someone so young at 23 years old, Isaac has an incredible outlook on life and has an incredible incredible path that he walks with his head held high. This is not a guy that you know. Yes, he felt disappointed and and felt frustrated by the injury, but he didn't feel sorry for himself. He got back to work started working again, started working harder, and is ready to put himself in a position where he's going to come back. And, and frankly, there is no doubt he is going to be back. There is no doubt that he is going to walk this path and come back better than he was before. Because this is Jonathan Isaac, and this is who he is.
it's like once I've experienced, you know, having an injury and, and knowing that my faith has kept me grounded and my faith has kept me pushing and, and kept my spirits high and kept me mentally locked in and, and, and focusing on what God has next for me. Um, you know, I have ultimate confidence that I know when, when I come back on the court because my body's going to heal. Um, and like I said, my mind is still in that place of, of being hungry and knowing that, you know, I can be the best and working towards that. And so, you know, and just taking it day by day until that, until that comes around. And Jonathan Isaac certainly has the right mindset to do it. Um, you know, we, we, we said that really from the beginning. It was everyone, everyone, I mean, ACL injuries are not a death sentence. The only, the only thing with an ACL injury, an ACL tear, is the time it takes to fully heal and fully recover uh, to the point where you can get back. But it's very possible that he will be back and stronger and better than ever, that he will come back, uh, you know, with a, a significantly, significantly different and better player in a lot of ways. Um, but only time will tell how his body responds. And of course, while the, the early prognosis seems positive, you know, he's back walking again. He's, you know, said he's doing uh, body weight squats. He's working in the pool. His doctors seem to be very happy with how he's recovering to this point. While that is all well and good and, and, and a positive sign moving forward, um, no one really knows till he steps out on the floor. And so for now, it's one step at a time. It's putting one foot in front of the other. It's, as Isaac said during the teleconference today, doing what he has to do today, taking care of what he has to take care of today, completing each task each day, and going through each step to return. But Isaac, as we all know, is well on his way to doing it. And no doubt we will see Jonathan Isaac back on the floor very, very soon. We'll get into to another NBA draft prospect here here today as we as we begin to wrap up the show. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Built Go. You've heard me talk about uh, other Built products, but Built Go is the product that helps you break through your wall. I mean, we've all been there that that three o'clock crash. You know, it's a, that's that may be a trademark term. I don't know, but whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. They come in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put them in your briefcase your pocket, your golf bag, wherever. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's all natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and a lot better results. comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is, a fast, absor- is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks to keep me going with B6, B12 vitamins. Collagen also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, so the stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So let's turn our attention now to the draft and, and the rest of uh, 
uh, and back to the draft as, as, as we're nearing, you know, closer and closer to the NBA draft. Uh, you know, three weeks from Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, or two weeks from Wednesday, uh, is the NBA draft. It's going to sneak up on us really, really quickly, and we're doing our best here to catch up and talk about all the prospects going on in the NBA draft. We've talked over the last, uh, you know, I think when it comes to the NBA draft, most fans will say first and foremost, the Magic needs shooting. Uh, and, and, and you're right. Uh, I think the Magic are at a stage where they need to address skills, where they need to find skills and and, and deal more specifically with, with players that add something to the team that they don't already have and, and, and can translate beyond just their physical attributes. But having said that, when you're entering a draft, when you're entering the draft situation, um, really what you have to focus on is drafting the best player available. And frankly, there's there's just no way around it. You take the best player available, period, full stop. Um, I, I just personally think that's the right approach. That's how you get the most out of your players. That's how you get the most out of your team by, by, uh, by take by again by taking the best player available. Uh, it's 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 it. You can't control who's on the board. Obviously, maybe you can move up or down to, to go get guys that you you specifically want. But when it's your turn to pick, don't mess around. Get a get a guy that you believe is the best guy for that's available in the draft, and then figure out what to do with him when he gets on your team. Uh, it's 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 not that hard. But the Magic do have some very specific needs that they do need to address. Um, you know, the shooting is obviously a big one, but positionally. The Magic need point guards. And we talked about uh, a couple point guards yesterday in Tyrese Maxey and Kira Lewis and and why they may or may not fit what the Magic are trying to do. And, and I got some pushback, you know, people saying that, no, Tyrese Maxey's a shooting guard, and to which I say, well, if Tyrese Maxey's a shooting guard, then I have no interest in him. So I, 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 I'm, I'm just not sold that Maxey's a good enough shooter and good enough off the ball to be a, a, star, a, a, a good two guard in the NBA. I think he's ultimately a point guard, and, and I have questions about his fit as a point guard too. So... Definitely, definitely some issues there with him. But one thing that we do know about the Magic is they're going to hold true to their principles. They're not going to budge on the kind of things that they like. Yes, they're going to draft guys with positive length. They believe that length is a positive indicator for defense, that you know they can teach players with good length and good positional versatility to defend multiple positions and help lock down teams. I mean, essentially the idea is if we have guys that can guard everyone, then we can switch on pick and rolls. Then teams will have it, will find it much more difficult to break us down, and we'll be a really stout defensive team. As I said, in arguing why Kira Lewis is such an interesting prospect is then okay, then add some speed so you can convert those uh, those misses and those steals into easy baskets on the other end. Again, not a difficult formula, but things aren't that simple. Or they're not completely that simple. The one thing that the Magic do value is versatility. And finding guys that are versatile and can play multiple positions is something this Magic team is going to focus on when it comes to the draft. And I think, you know, while I think that he is on the lower end of guys the Magic are looking at, one guy that does fit that versatility build is Theo Maladon of France. Theo Maladon was playing for Asphalt in France. Uh, they're a EuroLeague team. They, they play in, in, in France's League One. Um, and he is a solid young player. You know, not, his, his, his scoring averages are not super-duper impressive. The raw numbers are not super-duper impressive. But a 6'5 guard with 6'9 wingspan, so he checks that off. 7.4 points per game in EuroLeague with 3.1 assists per game and 17.7 minutes per game. In his three professional seasons, he's averaging 6.4 points, 2.1 assists per game in 15.9 minutes. So again, 
limited time, so the stats aren't going to tell you a whole lot. And his young career is a career 34.6% three-point shooter. And across both Pro-A and EuroLeague uh, competitions this year, he shot 33.3% from beyond the arc. This is all to say that, you know, Baladon isn't going to check the three-point box, but he checks all the other boxes to Magic Light because he, he has the size to play both guard positions. Uh, and honestly, you just watch him play a little bit, and he's a player that's very much in control. Um, what I find really impressive and intriguing about Maladon is how composed he is for such a young player. He's really good. I mean, he's not a crazy good athlete. Um, he's not going to beat every, everyone off the dribble. He's not going to go to the basket and finish with explosions. So, you know, I, I, I think the issue with Maladon is you're looking at a guy with a fairly low ceiling. He's or he's not a guy that's, that's probably going to become an all-star unless he's the next coming of Tony Parker, which again... He played for Tony Parker's team, so maybe he is. But what's impressive to me about Maladon is he knows how to create space. He's good at using the using the dribble and keeping his dribble alive to 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 find passing lanes and to find opportunities for him to score. Uh, he's got a nice little jumper. Uh, I think he can extend to three point range. I think he can continue to develop as a three point shooter. But he's really good at shooting off the bounce, and he's really good at putting himself in a position to score. And more importantly, setting his teammates up. I think an issue with him is he maybe plays at a little bit of a slower pace. Obviously, he's not a crazy good athlete. So I think defensively, he'll have some issues. But again, the thing that's really good about him is his poise and his understanding of how to use space and positioning to create opportunities for himself. And so in that sense, you know, I don't put Maladon at the top of my board. I I think 15 is... I had him going to the Magic in my original mock draft a, a few months ago. He slipped a little bit as I've studied this draft class a little bit more. Um, I, I think that he is a guy who is a solid pick, but he's probably a career backup. Uh, again, unless he's Tony Parker, which, you know, who knows? Maybe he is. I don't think he's Tony Parker. Let me put. Let me get that straight. He's probably a career backup. He is, he is a guy who knows what he's good at and plays that role really, really well. And, and, and again, that's kind of really valuable. But let's hear what Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks had to say as, as he breaks down Theo Maladon's game. Uh, 6'4", 6'8", 6'9", wingspan out of Asville. A guy who was once projected pretty widely as like a top 10 guy and people cooled on quite a bit this year. Still think he's probably going to go in the first round, but not an absolute lock to go in the first round. Um, a really good shooter which is uh, not what you think about, at least when, if you've been following his trajectory, that was not what used to get talked about with Maladon, but that's probably his most interesting skill right now, for me anyway, is his shooting, especially on the move and out of pull-ups. That's a real interesting thing. And then defensively, I think there are enough signs to be pretty encouraged by as someone who's pretty long and maybe may be able to guard ones, et cetera, et cetera. Not a great athlete though, which is kind of concerning um, because at that size, if you're not a great athlete, there is a lot that can go wrong for you, but still someone that I would have in my top 25 or so. And uh, I like him a little bit more than Ramsey just in a vacuum. Yeah. And, and, and Brad's referring there to Jameis Ramsey of Texas Tech, someone that I, I'm sure we will talk about. Uh, Jameis Ramsey's, I, th- I think he's 6'3", 6'4", a shooting guard. Um, not a point guard. He is a scorer. He is a bucket getter um, and definitely someone the Magic will look at, although I don't think he checks off the boxes that the Magic like. But like like Brad said, 
Maladon checks off a lot of the physical boxes. Uh, he's good at creating his own shot, especially off the dribble. He's a good mid-range jump shooter. He's not as, not as good of a three-point shooter, but a good mid-range jump shooter off the bounce. Has a good first step. He's not going to blow by anyone, but he knows, again, how to create space and how to create opportunities and, and crevices for him to set himself up for a jump shot or to get into the paint and, and cause a little bit of havoc. Uh, I think he can make some really nice passes. The, the, the video that I've seen of him, um, you know, he's not always making those passes, but he he can he's made some nice passes. So I think the vision's there, uh, and I think that you know Maladon could be someone that could play a little bit off the ball. Um, has the size I think to guard some some of the smaller twos in the league, uh, and and again, you know, the the athleticism is definitely a concern. He's not a high level athlete. He's not about to go beat anyone at the rim. He's not about to go dunk on anyone or anything like that. But he is more than capable of creating his own space. And again, I feel like he is a super safe pick. He's a guy that you can easily slot into a bench role, and, and I think he will play well and contribute to you immediately, but I'm not sure that he eventually evolves into a starting point guard um, at the NBA level. Uh, I, I just don't know if he has that that ability in him. Um, again, I think, he, I think he can have a very nice and long NBA career, but I'm not sure that he is a starting, starting point guard caliber guy, but he checks off a lot of boxes for the Magic, and, and I do think that that is important in the end. That's what I think about Theo Maladon. I, I'm actually probably a little higher on him than, than some other people, but again, I, I think I'm also realistic about it. I, I think 15 is 15 is is about the high end that I've seen him go. I, I've seen him on mock drafts everywhere from like, I've seen him going to like 11, um, all the way down to like 20 and even out of the first round. So I think a lot of people don't really have Maladon pegged. They're not quite sure what to make of him. And, and I think situational fit is going to matter a lot for him. We're going to come back here and close off the show. I'll give a quick reminder about voting, and then we'll we'll say goodbye for the day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So today is election day um, here in the United States for for Americans. Um, And it is, it's been a tumultuous year for basketball. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I, I'm not going to. I say this every election year because I, I, do, I am a firm believer in voting and the power of voting. And, and I will say this again. I, I don't care who you vote for. Um, I, I personally actually do care. Um, I, I do think that this is an important election, and I do think that the choice, like I probably said four years ago, is a little bit obvious. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and advocate for one one side of of the political spectrum or another. I mean, you can probably surmise who I'm who I'm talking about but I'll, I'll 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 push that to the side. This year has been a year of political awakening in basketball. It's it never really has politics and the political moment intersected with this sport in, in quite the way that it has. I mean, we had LeBron James's name being mentioned at a political campaign at a political rally uh, on on Monday, uh you know, on the eve of the election. We've had NBA players being active advocates for one can- for for candidates and, and actively engaged. I mean, 
when you have the vice the, the 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 Democratic vice presidential nominee going on to a show hosted by three NBA players and CJ McCollum, Donovan Mitchell, and Tobias Harris, it, it shows you that players are are understanding the voice that they have and their their presence in society. We saw while the while the Magic were in the bubble, the league stop, um, you know, literally stop because of the frustration and anger and the righteous frustration and anger of the shooting of George Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, you know, it, there is righteous righteous anger over the continued shooting of, of black men and women uh, in this country by police officers. And it's not to say that, that all police are, are evil or, 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 or inherently corrupt, but this, this keeps happening and nothing seems to be done. And so the, the anger that these players are feeling and, and the anger that they expressed inside the campus and, and the action that they demanded from the governors of, of the NBA is very, very real. And, it, it, and it, it's, it's important to recognize this political awakening. Um, and, and, and these players understanding their power. You know, I, I said this, I, I did a lot of self-reflecting myself. I, 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 I want to be an ally and, and, and I want to be someone that, that supports equality and justice in this country. Um, it's, you know, I, I, as, I, as I said throughout the, throughout the summer, you know, I, I am a minority, um, you know, a religious minority in this country. Um, you know, I, I am a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. And while I certainly can hide my minority status behind the color of my skin, that's not what I've been instructed to do my entire life. That's not, frankly, what my religion instructs me to do. And that's not what my heritage and culture instructs me to do. Because, you know, it, the worst of humanity run, you know, the, first, the, the, the results of the worst of humanity runs through my blood. And, 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 I, and I, I don't take that, I take that responsibility seriously. I take that understanding and I don't understand everything about what my grandparents went through, to be honest. Some of it, I'm frankly too afraid to, to listen to. Um, you know, I've, I, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., go to the American Holocaust Museum. Um, if you ever go to Israel, go to Yad Vashem, uh, the, the Holocaust Museum in Israel. It's, it's heartbreaking and devastating and terrible and, and you have to confront it. And even when even when you understand it's awesome responsibility, it can be difficult to confront. And, you know, I, I think this summer we saw the United States confront some of its, some of the worst aspects of its history. Here in Orlando, here in Orange County, um, Monday was a day of remembrance. And, and, and it was, you know, I think for the first time in, in my lifetime, I, I, I don't believe it was ever recognized this way. Um, but here, here in Central Florida, our leaders, the Orange County, the mayor of Orange County, as well as the mayor of Orlando, took a moment to remember the 100-year anniversary of the Okoe massacre, um, a a lynching and um, and just terrible, terrible wave of racial violence that disenfranchised black members of our of our community um, because people tried to organize to vote. Because people tried to exercise the rights that were given to them by the Constitution that for some unknown and wicked reason, some people didn't want to give to everyone. You know, all men were not created equal. All men are created equal in the Declaration of Independence, but that apparently meant 
Not all men are created equal. Um, and again, the Declaration of Independence is not a governing document, but but that that you get the point. And learning of and, and frankly, you know, I've lived in Orlando my entire life. I had not heard of the Ocoee massacre until maybe a year or two ago, when I noticed a plaque outside the Orange County uh, History Center um, in downtown Orlando that commemorated and recognized its existence and, and, and the role Orlando played in the Ocoee Massacre and, and the lynching of, of July Perry. Um, this stuff is still very real and, and we're seeing it and, and the players are feeling it too. Um, and so, like I said, I want to be an ally. I want to be someone that, that listens and respects the experiences of, of everyone around me. And, and, and again, to, to believe them and to, and to empower them to speak and to, and to try and make the world a better place. Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll draw on my Jewish faith. Uh, you know, one thing that is, is very important in the Jewish faith is this concept of tikkun olam. And tikkun olam means to, to give back to the world more than you take from it, to, to leave the world uh, to, to, uh, to Kuna Lama uh, literally translates to heal the world. Um, and, and it's our response and, it, and it's you know, the highest mitzvah, the highest commandment that we have to make the world a better place. Um, and, 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 and it's very important that we do that. And it's very important that everyone gets their share and gets, their, gets to live in this world peace, peacefully and, and all that. And that's, that's really what this summer was about. That's really what... what the players were trying to to get the message out and be heard from, and and so many people tried to silence them. People are still trying to silence them. This BS about TV ratings being down because of the NBA players' activism—that's just BS. Because what I said over the summer still stands. For most white Americans, NBA players are their, their first experience and probably their first, the most visible black men in, in society. And 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 all respect to the WNBA too, who have been far out in front of social act, social activism and social justice issues um, before the before the men got to it. But for so many, these are the most visible black men in the in the country, and they are exercising their power to deal with issues that directly affect them and shining a light on issues that a lot of us aren't as aware of as we should be, or you maybe don't think are as prevalent as they are. And so this election day, you know, the NBA and the NBPA put a lot of focus on getting out the vote. And so this election day, I want to reinforce that message that every voice matters in this country. Whether, you know, it is a big country. There's a lot going on. Our electoral politics are extremely complicated. But at the end of the day, every voice does matter. Every vote does matter, whether it's for the president or your, your soil and conservation district. I mean, I tried researching that. It was tough. There are constitutional amendments here in Florida that are going to affect the way that we govern and affect the way that families live for a long time. All of these issues are important. And so putting this emphasis on voting as a honestly a first step, again, the bare minimum that you can do in a democracy is to vote. It's the bare minimum, but it's also the most important because nothing gets done if you don't vote. And so for those of you that have already participated in our democracy, you know, I believe the number is 100 million people have already voted in this election. It's incredible. 
incredible excitement about voting. And, I, and you know, yes, I do think sports leagues at the NBA had a role in getting everyone to the polls and getting everyone excited about voting again. These are role models. And honestly, like, I would say this. In the NBA, there probably hasn't been better role models in this league in a long time. And, you know, maybe that statement is a little tinged with the racial history of the NBA, but these are all great, well-meaning, well-educated, smart men. Oh, a lot of them are, for sure. And certainly, I mean, I would say this, that the, the, the NBA players that I've interacted with are some of the brightest people in the world. You know, they, they play basketball for a living, but they are more than basketball players. But more than 100 million people in this country have already participated in our election. If you have not, you are not too late, provided you have registered to vote already. Check your local supervisor of elections office. Find your precinct. Print out a sample ballot. Here in Orange County, you can print out your ballot, a sample ballot. Study it. Fill it out beforehand. Know who you're going to vote. I used to, you know what I used to do? I'd print out a sample ballot. I'd bring it with me to the polls. I'd know exactly who I'm voting for, and I would get, my, get, get it done quickly. But check your precinct. Check where you're, where you're supposed to vote. And if you haven't voted already, be sure to vote. Know your rights You know, in most states, and certainly here in Florida, if you're in line when the polls close, you are still entitled to your vote. So don't give that up. Don't give up the most important power that you have. And that is to vote. And that is to participate in who governs you. No matter what happens, no matter who wins, no matter how long it takes to figure out who's, who wins, know that our democracy works and that, and that you play such a vital role in it. Even if it's just one little vote. Even if it's just circling in one little bubble. Everyone knows that you play an important role in making sure that this country continues to, to function and continues to live up to the promises it has made its citizens. So thank you so much for your vote. Thank you so much for participating. And have a very happy election day. Celebrate your vote. Celebrate this right. Not everyone gets it. So have a happy election day. I want to thank you all again uh, for, for being with us here. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter. At uh, you can find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.